It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back, baseball family. Before we go, we have got to talk about competitive imbalance. This is a huge topic. There's a lot of nuances to it, so we're going to break it down a little bit and focus on one pinpoint aspect of it, and that today needs to be the player's opinion. And we finally have evidence to support what exactly that means and what it is in some what I think some are some pretty substantial terms. So Max Scherzer was quoted um, by the LA Times, Jorge Castillo, as having said uh, this about the current collective bargaining agreement. This negotiation is about the integrity of the game from our eyes. That's what Scherzer said. We feel as players that too many teams have gone into a season without any intent to win during the past. And he goes on to acknowledge that, yes, it can be a strategy, but the problem is too many teams are doing it, whether they're large market or small market teams. We saw the tanking thing begin with small market teams who didn't have a chance to compete in the first place. And now we're seeing teams do it no matter who they are, no matter what their uh, revenue capabilities are and spending capabilities. And I think personally, he's right. He is. Uh, We we saw the Astros win a world series because they tanked for four years. That's right. Four or five years, however long it was. So, I mean, we know it works. And that's that's yeah. why teams are doing it more because they saw the Astros. They're like, well, we could do this and not sign big name free agents. We don't need them. Yeah, you know, if we have if we're confident in our ability to develop top tier talent, then we can win in five years by tanking. But in the, the meantime, Cubs the Cubs did it. Yeah, but in the meantime, the problem is with the product they put on the field. Yeah. So. Well, and how that affects the fan base and how that affects additional revenue streams. And think of all the, okay, so a generation is 20 years, right? If you tank for five years, that's a quarter of a generation. Yeah. Think of what you're doing to the fan base. I mean, I'm irate when I see teams tank. It Mm -hmm. really, really bothers me. But again, like Brad said, I'm a curmudgeon uh, at heart. (laughs) And especially when it comes to baseball, like keep it pure. And that means go out there and put in the work and fight and play and and, and want to win. Mm-hmm. Um, before I ask you, Brad, this next question, uh, I want to make it one last point. Max Scherzer brings a tremendous amount of authority to this conversation because he is an association player representative for the, the Players Association. Uh, and while that's nifty, mm-hmm. it's even better when you realize he's one of four. There are only oh, wow. four. There are only four players who are player representatives for the MLBPA. Uh, he's joined by Andrew Miller, Francisco Lindor, and Marcus Simeon. Those are the people who are speaking publicly on, on behalf of the players' union and representing the players. Well, so I mean, you have to keep this in mind that every team does have a rep, but I think that yes. there's like upper level representation, which is where. Max Scherzer would be. Would They're in the. It. They call it the executive subcommittee. Okay, there we go. Of player right, leadership, there are. There's a group of four pension reps as well, but that doesn't really have any bearing on this. 
But no, that's the that's there are eight players who have a leadership role in this hierarchy in the player association and the player reps. He's one of four. So I don't deal. know how they're brought into this. Are they voted in or is this a typically thing? from what I understand, the players are the, each team votes on their representative and they'll send them. Um, I heard David Sampson say a couple years ago that nobody wants to do it. So typically teams will vote on the guy who nobody likes to do it as like punishment for being that guy. But at the same time, I don't see that being Max Scherzer or Francisco because, Lindor or Marcus Simeon. Exactly. So I, I don't know, like maybe, maybe it happens on some teams, but I could see these guys, some veterans being like, I can make a difference. I'm going to go to the table and this will be my job. So I could see both sides of it. I could see happening either way, but anyway, so. Well, and that's what happened with the, the old timers. <clears throat> if you talk about, um, we were, we were watching fastball and there's a bunch of old timers in there that were like, nah, look, we fought really hard yeah. to keep this together. Like Goose Gossage is the example that comes to mind. He's, he's kind of proud of all of the time he spent being a player rep and fighting hard for these and rightly so. So this is not an unheard of thing for a guy like Scherzer to, to truly step up and, and want to take this leadership role. So that's why I say when he speaks this way and he's this emphatic and he's also been authorized to speak about this, uh, it carries a bunch of weight because he also probably has to get approval to go on the record with the LA times and say things like this. Of course mm-hmm. he does. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the big things that the players are fighting for is competitive balance is um, length of contracts, free agency, things like that, because players, th- this is the thing is that like you, what you see in front of closed doors is that guys just want to get paid, right? They're out there chasing the biggest contracts available. Okay. But this is the thing that, and one of the things they talk about is that like, I'm getting this deal. So the guy after me can get more. Yeah. You know, like that was one of the things when Bryce Harper signed his deal within 24 hours, Mike Trout signed his massive deal. Yeah. And Bryce Harper, rather than being like, well, shoot, now I've got to go read, retool this thing no he tweeted out and said that's why i held out so mike trout could get paid and you know i understand people are like i don't buy it these guys are just greedy that's what they want to do but it's they're they're taking care of each other in this way like a group of employees are going to want each other to get paid fairly right like there's a whole thing with that especially now but it's true it's it's the way it goes and so they're fighting for this not just the money, but also they want teams to spend money to be competitive because it, you can easily go out there and be like, okay, hey, we're not going to win this year. The, as the Mariners, we're not going to beat the Astros because they're still the best team in the division by a long shot. We could just field a team of 4A players, pay them to put them on the field, get a little bit of ticket revenue, and we'll go for next year. Well, what they're wanting is teams that like, yes, build your farm system because that's how baseball is designed, right? <clears throat> right? But in the meantime, you've got to pay guys to have a competitive product on the field because it's not fun. It's not entertaining for even the players to go to, I don't know, who who is to, it's not fun for the Yankees to go to Baltimore, even though I guess what, do they lose there? I don't remember. Anyway, it's not fun for teams to go to Baltimore and just beat up on beat up on the Orioles, right? No, like no. it's that's not that's not a fun way. That's not a way to want to do your job. You don't want to go to those places where it's like, okay, we can pencil in three wins here and then go off to the next town. Like you want to be challenged at your job. 
especially if you're good at it. Especially if you're striving for excellence. Yeah. Not just good at it, but these so, people are hyper competitive and they want to be the best. Mm-hmm. And you, the only way to know if you're the best is to play against the best. That's right. It. And so Brig and I talked a little bit about this before. We have a few ideas to way, as to things that Major League Baseball can do to kind of help with the competitive imbalance, teams not being as incentivized to win. Because like we talked about, you can tank for a few years, build a really good team for cheap and win. Yeah. Um, and you know, when, when you're bad, the way that things are built right now, when you're bad, you get the top draft picks. Like I think the pirates get the, either the pirates or the Orioles get the number one draft pick this next year. I think, I think. Baltimore, but it, Pittsburgh would be right there, but it's always one of those two teams getting the number <laughs> yeah. one pick. Right. And so yeah. they should be really good. Instead, Baltimore goes and trades things away, but that's a whole nother thing. So there's yeah. that right now. And then there's also like, there's no salary floor. So they're not, they're not incentivized to put a, put talented players on the field by paying them. But anyway, there's, it's a whole thing. So Brig and I have a couple of suggestions that baseball could put in place to help with the competitive imbalance. Brig, do you want to go with your first one? Yeah, I think that the key, one of the keys could be to disincentivize short contracts and dis and, and re-incentivize these long-term deals. But, you got to do a salary cap or a revenue share program. Like you have one of the two or both have to be in place for that's going to happen. But I think that having hometown heroes like Mike Trout, like Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, with these huge deals that not only are huge in terms of money, but they're huge in terms of longevity, player leadership, clubhouse presence, and fan favoritism. And that's what I think that these people are forgetting that we are the fans. We pay the bills. Right. Without yeah. us, nothing happens. So what, what they need to start doing is putting the best product in front of us that they possibly can. And I think a big, big part of that is going to get back to going hometown hero style, which I've said a million times. But I just really got to see like I was excited by the 12 and 13 year deals because I'm like, yes. OK, now we will forever remember Bryce Harper as a Philly. You just will. Mike Trout will just be an angel. He just will be an angel. And it's great, right? I want that. I don't, I don't, this, the flip-flopping thing and the chasing the deal for a three-year contract at the end of your career, like it's just crappy. It broke my heart when Albert Pujolst was released uh, from St. Louis to anywhere. It didn't, it was like, it just, it just crushed me. And I was like, dang it. Because He rep. He was the. He was the guy. You know, it's it's like if they let Molina go. If if Yadi Molina was allowed to play anywhere else, it would be a crime against humanity, right? It would be terrible. And so right. the fan base is heart is it's the heart and soul of St. Louis baseball right now. Is Yadi Molina? He's like the guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. why did the Colorado Rockies get rid of Nolan Arenado? I don't understand. Well, and, in the, and they're in the process of getting rid of Trevor Story. They're, or they're going to be as soon as I guess not getting rid of him. They're just they're going to let him walk because they don't want to resign. They don't want to pay him. So yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Is that it is the long term deal. That being said, though, I understand why teams don't want to pay those because you look at Albert Pujols the last four years of his contract. For right? sure. Yes. You know, so I understand that, and I feel like one thing they can do with along those lines is. They can incentive incentivize teams with their spending, with um, with basically like a loyalty clause. Like yeah. you can give a guy a little, you can offer a guy a little bit more money. You can offer him an extra year. This is what they do in the NBA. 
is that if a guy stays with the team he was with in his previous contract, the team can offer him one more year on their max contract. They also have a ceiling. They yeah, have right. a, the a maximum number of years they can offer. Baseball doesn't have that. They don't have a maximum number of years. They don't have a maximum amount of money. So if they were to put a ceiling on a contract and say, you can offer a guy an eight-year deal, but if he stays with your team, you can offer him a nine-year deal. I think we would see that happen a lot more often is yeah. that these teams would be uh, be more incentivized to do that. And the other thing that that basketball does, because Jewel and I talked about this, the NBA has got the salary cap and the contract thing figured out. They do, and I everybody like. seems happy about it. They they do because there's guaranteed money. There's also the, the teams are also protected with maximum amount of money, maximum number of years, things like that. Um, and so if you've got a guy who's willing to re-sign with the team who brought him up, right, who he came up through the ranks with, who he made his major league debut with, in the NBA they call it bird rights. I don't know what you would call it in MLB, uh, but basically what it is is his money doesn't count count towards luxury tax, uh, salary mm. cap, anything like that. Is that so encourages the team to spend that money without taking the hit in the future. So, wow, that's great. We should call it squirrel rights, you know, because they're like, you know, packing it in there early. For... Well, it has to do more with Larry Bird than an actual. No, like, I like bird. the animal, Brad. <laughs> Can't you see the, the cheeks with the nuts in them, Brad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the acorns. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, though, like I, I do feel like though keeping guys at home, though keeping guys with their home team, yes, is a big piece of it. Because it is a big piece. Like you talk about uh, Albert Pujols specifically, that the Cardinals are known for not giving guys long deals, not known for not giving guys big money because like we can develop another one just like him for a tenth of the cost. Why would yeah. we pay him? You know, yeah. so incentivize those teams to keep those guys around, and I think it would really help okay, because so they need to bring more free agents in. Because guys exactly went to guys went to the Angels because Pujols was going. Totally. <laughs> Here's the other thing I so. want to bring up: if everybody could relax about the money thing, think of what that would do. Yeah. If, if we're all just like, you know what? Here, here's the rules. It's the same. Because right now change. there are no rules. There are there's not no any rules, rules right now. It's the Wild West. They're going to do whatever they want. It is, yeah. And so everybody is jockeying all the time, and they're swindling everybody, and there's all this, like, back-channeling going on. It's just Because that's one of the things with the NBA is that everybody knows what they're going to get going into free agency. That's is right. the guys, like, like Devin Booker. So I live in Phoenix, right? So Devin Booker with the Suns, like, he's coming – when he were to come out of – when he comes out of his contract – everybody knows his market value going into the offseason. Like, Booker's going to get the money. It's just a matter of where. Right. You know, and like with baseball, it's like, um, so coming up, you've got oh, right now you got Carlos Correa who's on yeah. the market. Like yeah. if it was in the NBA system, everybody would know how much money Correa is getting. It's just a matter of where right now it's like, who's going to be the highest bidder. Right. That's really the question. Whoever is willing to be the highest bidder for a, a shortstop in his late mid to late twenties is going to be the one who gets him. And it's really unfortunate because there are teams that, not just aren't willing to do it, but can't do it. Can't, you know, and not a hope in. No, and no if there was, prayer. like you said, the revenue sharing, that would be a really big piece to helping that be successful. Yeah, I agree. But, and I, there's so much to it. There's just there so is. Much to it. There's a whole lot to it, but I have actually another suggestion. Okay. Uh, actually, I have two actually. Whoa. So let's go with the first one. So right now, like we said, the team with the worst record gets the first pick in the draft, 
right? So there is a little bit of incentive to like as as the season gets gets late. Obviously, you've been eliminated. Say you've been eliminated from the playoffs September fifth, yeah, mathematically. Okay, it's like well, okay, we're not playing for anything now except for that number one pick. Let's just put a bunch of minor leaguers out there. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's put our AAA team on the big league field, give them some experience, give those guys a chance to be big leaguers for a month, and we'll lose some games. We'll get the number one pick. Well, this is another thing the NBA kind of has figured out a little bit is the draft lottery. Right. Now, the draft lottery with the NBA, there still is tanking. We saw the 76ers. They called it the process. No, they were tanking for a decade, basically, trying to get the best players available. Uh, and it didn't always work out for them because of the way that the lottery is set up. So their lottery is set up that the worst team gets the most ping pong balls. The best team to miss the playoffs gets the least amount of ping pong balls. Just give everybody one. Yeah. Give yes. everybody one ping pong yeah. ball and say, you miss the playoffs. You get one ping pong ball. You get every, everybody gets an even shot at the number one pick. And if you don't get it, good luck next year. Try to sign some free agents. Right? Yep. Yes. Like, the Rangers have gone out and spent a whole bunch of money trying to get better. They finished last in the AL West. They're probably going to finish third at worst this next year. The Mariners right. finished second in the AL right. West. Going to contend next year. Went and got the reigning Cy Young Award winner. You know, like, so there's the draft. There's a free agency. And you can fix the draft with by having a true lottery. Give everybody one shot. Even op- even odds to get that number yeah. one pick, so nobody is jockeying for position going into the last two to three weeks of the season. Now, yeah. the one problem with this is sometimes organi- organizationally just stink, right? Yeah. So you can give them the number one pick five years in a row, and it's not going to matter, which we see. Um, yeah. And that. I can see that being the problem is like, well, you didn't give us an opportunity to get the best player because we have the 10th pick, we have the 15th pick, and now we have the 7th the pick, right? right. Three years but there's going to be whining anyway. It doesn't matter there's what There's always going to be whining no People matter People are whining what. now. Exactly right. <laughs> but it also incentivizes teams, like I said, to be competitive because it doesn't matter how good or bad you are, whether you finish last in your division or miss the playoffs by a single game in the last day of the season, you have an equal opportunity to get that number one pick to get the best player. That's right. So I feel like that's the best way to fix the draft issue with the tanking, but I don't know if it would really work or not, but that's just well, my opinion. I think the ultimately what needs to happen is we need to, we need to set up either penalties for tanking or incentives for not. Right. Yeah. And that's it. And so this is, so this is my other idea. Okay. I'm a relatively big soccer fan over the last few years, new soccer fan, but I'm getting to be a bigger soccer fan. You know this, right? So in the English Premier League and actually just European soccer in general, they have relegation. Mm. The bottom four teams, I believe, in the league go down to the next division below, go down to the B League, basically. I didn't know that's what they called it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that's relegation. It's like, so like in the Premier League, they have the Premier League, which is the top level, you know, and and then like the bottom four teams go down to the Champions League. Right. Um, and the city league is the next one down or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so there's teams moving up and down every single year. Now yeah. this could work like this would like solve the problem because nobody wants to get relegated because the problem you have with relegation is they, they actually address this on Ted Lasso because they get spoiler alert. They get relegated at the end of the first season. Bro. Um, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so but they talk about it starting in the second, in the second season, they say, 
we have a Premier League roster with a Champions League budget. So you would have a big league roster with a minor league budget because you're not getting the advertising money. You're not getting the ticket sales. And I mean, part of the problem with that is the operation costs of a big league stadium. Yeah. Like that would be tough. You know, like you would have over the last few years, you'd have, I mean, this year would be what, like the Marlins, the Orioles, the Tigers, and probably the, um, the pirates who would be relegated, you know? And so you'd have to have more of a more of a table. You have to get rid of the leagues and everything like that, or yeah. something. But yeah, it would be it would be a really big mess, like financially, organizationally, because oh, yeah. the way that things work out as far as um, as far as big league and, and minor league rosters go, like organizationally, like you basically with major league baseball, it would work out that I'm just, I'm only going to use this as an example because I can think of their AAA team off the top of my head. If the Angels got relegated, the Bs would have to come up. Yeah. But that's not well, how relegation well, works. That's not how right. relegation works, though. You know, right. so there would be some major organizational issues to work out, some major financial things to work out. Because could you imagine Mike Trout being relegated? Nope. Man, because I think the biggest reason the Angels stunk this year is because of injuries, because Trout was out, Rendon was out. Yeah. yeah. You know, Otani in and out. And... But yeah, so that would be a really big mm. problem. But it's like, solved the problem in Europe. <laughs> well, you, you can't tank. You lose a whole bunch of money if you tank. Yeah, that's bad. Um, I wonder if there's... I mean, anytime you implement a new standard or a new check, somebody's going to find a way to circumvent it every time. So the, the other thing Major League Baseball needs to do is if they're going to put in penalties, then they're going to have to be ready to renegotiate those penalties. They're going to have to rewrite the playbook constantly, mm-hmm. because, which is what we're doing right now, honestly. I mean, that's what this whole CBA thing is about. But yeah. um, it just they haven't allowed it to come back around and deal with it in a reasonable amount of time. They keep putting it off. And so there should be like a no putting off the CBA <laughs> every two year rule like no if, if you haven't if we haven't looked at every single thing every two or three years like we're not or five uh-huh. and if, if there's evidence that a team tanked over the last five years uh two seasons or more penalty here's the penalty yeah something like that could make could make a lot i don't know but we i i mean you you, you have positive reinforcement you have negative reinforcement i mean that's it <laughs> So right do both i say <laughs> yeah it's i don't know it's it's a really strange thing to navigate and baseball is working on it it's one of the big talking points this year with the cba with the lockout we have uh, like we said a couple ideas obviously relegation is not going to work in big league baseball there are too many pieces but it would certainly solve the problem um i think the lottery could solve it i think encouraging guys to stick around i think your idea was great brig i think it was fantastic it could really go a long way to helping. Well, so thank you. You know, the only other know. suggestion I would make is to expand to two te- two more additional teams. It might, because the other argument for not expanding though is that it always waters down the league. It's hard enough as it is to find pitching. Well, that's true, but and you you get you get ten more starters out there. With yeah, what you've got. Yeah, no, I I see what you're saying, but if you implemented that along with the additional revenue sharing salary uh-huh. cap yeah you know and, and the floor the earning floor i i don't know i think 
I just think that more incentives. I mean, for me, it's, it all comes back to the fans. How are you going to please the fans? Mm-hmm. How are you going to consistently put a good product on the table, sell it to us in a way that's not just palatable, but gives leaves us wanting more. And then how do you repeat that process over and over and over again? Savannah's got it figured out. Mm-hmm. They sell out every game. Uh, the yeah. pioneer league, they're killing it right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like their ideas are awesome and they are making sure that it's awesome. Uh, baseball, yeah. major league baseball right now is not making sure it's awesome. Uh, hopefully yeah. that's what they're all bickering about right now, but I don't know if that's what they're doing. <laughs> well, they're not bickering about anything right now. Unfortunately, I'd rather have yeah. a bickering than what's going on right now. Is yeah. The you're problem. right. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Whatever. yeah. Catch new episodes of the baseball together podcast every Tuesday.